Welcome to the Book Hub, an online event space hosted by Luther Seminary. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Faith Lead Book Hub on hospitality that includes with authors and church leaders, Jonathan Malm and Bethany Fox. My name is Leanne Pomrenke and I will be your MC. What does hospitality in a faith community mean to you? For me, I mean, I'm, maybe this is because I'm an extrovert, but hospitality is about uh, making people feel connected. When I invite people over to my house for a party, I make sure that a guest who might not be, you know, part of my normal friend group, that they know maybe two or three people they connect with. Because obviously I'm hosting other people, I'm busy doing stuff, but if I can connect people with each other, then that helps make people feel like they belong. All right, I'm hearing all kinds of themes from what you said from others here in the chat. Um, sincerity, genuinely open to all, um, showing the guests that they are important. Bethany, what would you add to those? Yeah, those are great. I think I would add that um, a very basic aspect of hospitality is accessibility and being thoughtful about the diversity of bodies and brains that God has created us all with and that to truly be welcoming means we need to be thoughtful about the different ways we learn and speak and move and to make space for uh, the beautiful diversity of bodies and brains God has given us. There's something beyond saying all are welcome to turning that into actions. That is some of the really important work we're going to get into today. How do we uh, demonstrate and live inclusiveness instead of just saying it? Uh, this is very important work uh, to do here today. And an additional question to add on to that is who? Who makes this happen? There certainly is a role that everyone needs to play. Um, I do think that for people who are have a leadership role, there is a way that there needs to be some modeling and um, it needs to be named as something that's happening. Uh, but the real work of hospitality, if somebody, if the leader is kind of all about it, but the whole community is not, <laughs> it's not going to be a very hospitable environment. So it certainly is something that is the, the work of the people. Quick story that I think illustrates this is I was in Miami yesterday and I had Cuban coffee at this little restaurant and this guy started talking to me. He was from New York originally, but he'd lived in Miami for five years. And he, he like kept saying like, hey, you know, make sure and come back, make sure and come back. And somewhere in his mind, he had permission to host people in Miami. Like at some point he switched from being a newcomer in Miami to suddenly like, no, this is my place and now I make people feel welcome. So there's a certain amount of permission that we have to give people in our church bodies. How, how many weeks do they have to be there? Do they have to be a member? Like at what point do they belong enough that then they can start making other people belong? So that's a really difficult thing to do, but um, it requires that intentionality from leadership. I would love to hear from you, Bethany, other than your own writing, who do you read? Who do you follow um, to broaden your understanding? Yeah, thanks for that question. Um, 
Yeah, I think it, I think I'm grateful that, um, especially in recent years, there are more disabled scholars and disabled folks doing this work themselves. And so in the beginning, it tended to be um, a lot of like caregivers or people who were kind of connected to the disability community but weren't disabled themselves. So I'm appreciating the fact that more and more we have people who have some lived experience who are offering things to the conversation. So um, I appreciate uh, Lamar Hardwick is an autistic pastor who, uh, pastors in Georgia, and he has a book called Disability in the Church that um, is really helpful. Uh, Amy, Dr. Amy Kenny has a book called My Body is Not a Prayer Request uh, that's coming out later this month. And uh, that book is also um, really thoughtful. I think that the, the subtitle is Disability Justice in the Church. And so that book is actually super accessible, very easy to read, funny. Um, and so I think that that's going to be a really great addition to the literature. Um, one of my mentors over a long time has been John Swinton, who is in Scotland. And he has a recent book that I haven't picked up yet called Jesus in the Storm that's about uh, Christians and severe mental illness. And he also has um, a book called uh, Becoming Friends of Time, and I don't remember the subtitle, but it's kind of about <clears throat> um, intellectual disability and uh, and faith. And um, yeah, so those are just a few names of people who have been, and really it's just being part of the community of people who think theologically about disability. There are some online spaces where that happens. And there's a conference every year called the Institute on Theology and Disability. And a lot of us go it's like not a huge group of people doing this work though it is actually ever expanding which i'm grateful for uh, but we all kind of come and hang out together there and so we're in touch and collaborate throughout the year jonathan i gave bethany a chance to pop in after you talked so is there anything that uh she has sparked for you that you would like to comment on yeah i think it's great i think the question i have is how how much do you base decisions based on who you have or do you base decisions like like speaking of like um an organization that has limited resources and you know maybe one person on staff how do you prioritize certain things to be inclusive i mean i have my opinion on this but i'd be curious your opinion on this to be inclusive to as many people as possible how do you prioritize what things you can do well, I mean, you absolutely start with the people that you have. Um, but I think that you always have an imagination for the people that might come. And I think that there's really like this, I, I, I wanna push back on one notion is that I think that there's this really strong feeling among the world, but church people too, that accessibility is really expensive. And I think that people are like, we can't do that because we just don't have the money. And certainly there are certain kinds of things that cost a significant amount of money, but there's also just creativity that can create access if you just are willing to do it in a different way or in a different room, or there's all these kinds of things that it's like, well, we would have to like retool the entire bathroom. We'd have to do this. Well, it's like, well, what if we just had a gathering that didn't happen in the main sanctuary? What if we had it in this other part of the building or outside or something? I mean, these are just off the top of my head. But I think the problem is we're, we kind of tend to think within a pretty limited range of imagination and the Holy Spirit is wildly creative and can come up with all kinds of 
things we might not have even thought of that are not necessarily going to be a million dollars that we have to spend revamping the bathroom or something. Um, <clears throat> so I just want to throw that out there as like both start with who you have, obviously, and get their input. I wouldn't suggest deciding what someone needs and creating it for them without kind of getting input from them. Definitely have disabled folks on any kind of committee that's trying to do this kind of thing. And then if something is really expensive and the resources aren't there, brainstorm some out of the box solutions that might not be expensive, um, but that and that might not get you all the way there, but that might kind of make things a little bit better. So um, that's just my initial thought.